0: Saints of our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm your host, Brady Finner, District President of the Minnesota North District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Thank you for tuning us in this morning on Worldwide KFUO Christ for You Anytime, Anywhere blessed Pentecost season to all of you this Wednesday July the 20th as the light of Jesus shines on us from Genesis chapter 37 as we come to this Pastor Shockman yesterday said it so well you go to chapter 36 we're looking at descendants of Esau not always a straight path by any stretch and so almost Pastor Shockman says we run to chapter 37 because we see Joseph We see the Israelites, we see Jacob, and we see Christ because all of this comes together and it points us to the very end of Genesis where it says, what you wanted for evil, the Lord has done for good. Let's keep that in mind as we read all of this, as we open up our Bibles, put on your Christ goggles for the gifts are ready, ready for you. Thank you to our friends at Lutheran Heritage Foundation for your support of Thy Strong Word. Visit lhfmissions.org for more information. lhfmissions.org. Helping us to be strengthened by God's Word this morning, we welcome Pastor Joseph Barlow of Faith Lutheran Church in Abilene, Kansas. Pastor Barlow, happy Pentecost and welcome to Thy Strong Word.
1: Blessings to you, Pastor.
0: Pastor, this is our first time together here, and uh, tell us about yourself, your family, and the work of the Saints at Faith.
1: Well, uh, I am currently in my office here in Abilene, Kansas, where it's going to probably get over 100 degrees yet again here. (laughs) I would like to run to Minnesota, I suppose, uh, at this time of year.
0: Be careful um, what you wish for, but yes, you could.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh we um uh, my wife and I, who uh my wife is Amanda. We've been married for eight years. We are no longer uh estranged to knowing what a large family is. We uh welcomed our fifth daughter here uh nice. in June and this past Sunday brought her to the water in the word. Mm. So, and today is definitely about family relationships and dynamics. It is.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I tell you what, that is exciting stuff. One of my other buddies, he, he had his, ch- his fourth child and they're having their baptism this Sunday. And I tell you what, it's just a joyous time. I just, I almost wish we could celebrate even more because when we actually think about what's happening, it is really mind boggling. When we're able. So I, that's one of our uh, prayers that oh, yeah. we ask you, our listeners, to pray for as well to pray for the Barlow family with this blessed gift of holy baptism that happened, but also uh, the daily uh, renewal, if you will, the dying and rising in Christ that we have as Christian people. So, Pastor, tell us about faith a little bit, your congregation. Uh,
1: faith Lutheran Church, uh, we're a little over 300 members strong. Uh, and we, uh, I've really, uh, Seeing this congregation just be a family unit, and so that's that 's how I often talk not only here within church but outside of church is the family of God, the family of faith, which not only is speaking to the people that are members here but also connecting them to the greater membership, the greater church of our brothers and sisters in Christ everywhere.
0: Now, Pastor, I know your predecessor was a KU fan, and that might be problematic in Abilene, I'm not sure. What are your <laughs> allegiances when it comes to sports in the blessed state of Kansas? The,
1: the majority gets my, my vote, but I'm probably, <laughs> my, my members would probably say, I need to uh, learn the difference between KU and K-State. <laughs> a little bit more clearly, especially when we're talking about basketball and football and who won championships and who hasn't.
0: Absolutely. I'm still learning. Absolutely. I'm I'm
1: growing pains.
0: <laughs> growing pains. That's wonderful. It is uh my my I think we had talked about this yesterday, Pastor Barlow and I. My my grandfather got remarried to uh to who ended up being my, my step grandmother after my grandmother had died and she was living in Wamigo. And in Wamigo everybody on there curbs in front of their houses had painted their sports allegiances. And so hers was K-State. And when I said KU one time, there was, uh, well, there was something to be paid for at that point. So I learned very quickly not to get those mixed up. So that is one of the joys of living and serving in Kansas. Pastor, we are here to study the Word of God. And like you said, Chapter 37 points us to family relationships and ultimately to Christ. So, Pastor, can you begin our time in prayer and ask the Lord's blessing on our study?
1: Yes, absolutely. Lord God, Heavenly Father, good and gracious God, we give you thanks, Lord, for your Word, which is a treasure that we get to go and see your gifts everywhere, your gift especially of Christ and showing us your grace and mercy. Bless our time grow our faith, strengthen and embolden us to flee from the world and its ways to your ways and unto everlasting life. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. If you have any questions concerning our text today, which is Genesis 37, it's important for me, especially as I study this, is I kind of, I think I know the story. Like I i I'm, I I know the story. I don't need to read it again. I learned it in the, the Growing in Christ Bible. You know, I, I've learned all this before. But I do encourage you, our listeners, to focus in every single time you read something like Genesis thirty-seven that we think we know. Uh, you learn something new by the power of the Holy Spirit and points us to Jesus. And so we do that this morning. We are uh, if you have any questions concerning it send us an email, kfuo at kfuo.org, kfuo at kfuo.org, or are on this live study 314-821-0850. 314-821-0850. As we come upon this text today, I'm just going to I'm just going to start reading. Pastor, I'm going to read Uh, from Genesis 37, I'll read the first 11 verses and come back to hear some of your introductory thoughts. Once again, we hear the word of God, Genesis 37. Jacob lived in the land of his father's sojournings in the land of Canaan. And these are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was pastoring the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons, because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a robe of many colors. And when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Now Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brothers said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us, or are you indeed to rule over us? They hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed another dream and told to his brothers and said, Behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in mind. This is the beginning of uh, the word of God in chapter 37. Pastor, everything happens in a context, so uh, what do you you have for us to start off?
1: Well, uh, you know, first, I'd say it's it's hard coming into this not trying to pick a side. Are you on the side of Joseph's brothers? Are you on the side of Joseph, per se? Who's Who's right or who's wrong? I don't think that there's necessarily a wrong side. On that per se, but we could look at both of those perspectives uh and and maybe gain a little insight uh as far as looking at Joseph as being the wrongdoer um, I think uh he in a way, kind of gets a little bit of a bad reputation at the beginning here uh that he's he's much loved by his father uh his brothers realize that. He's a dreamer, and um, he doesn't have to interpret his dream in order for his brothers to understand it. They become angered immediately over it. He's also, I guess, in the brothers' eyes, a tattletale, uh, going and reporting to the, going and reporting to Jacob, their father, about what they have been up to, and it's it's just recorded a bad report what that is we're not we're not sure on the other side though too um joseph is a beloved child and probably the most beloved child of jacob but we don't see anything in the context of him asking or procuring that he doesn't he certainly doesn't ask or demand for a colorful garment but he is given one and that uh that love or that greater love that is demonstrated from a father to a son begins the estrangement of that son with older brothers and ultimately then his actions are more scrutinized than than because of that love than if he were treated Equally, and all the brothers were treated equally. And then there's the perspective of Jacob. You know, is 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 Jacob's uh, greater love for his son uh, a sinful thing? Um, And I, I guess as as a as a father, I try to love my children equally, but each one of them is a treasure in and of of themselves, and certainly Joseph is a treasure to Jacob, but uh, his his brothers certainly resent that.
0: It, it, it once again, I've made this comment many times as we've gone through Genesis, and it, it one of the real one one of the realities that God did through Moses by the power of the Holy Spirit when He writes this is when He retells this the accounts. It shows real life because if you have a sibling, Mm -hmm. you know that you are going to have moments of envy over whatever it might be. It might be justified. It might not be justified, but it's real, right? No matter what you do as a parent, you know, you're a a father of five. I have four. And and no matter what you do, there's going to have some of that. Why? Because we're broken people too. It's relationships, right? and And three, mm-hmm. we're imperfect fathers. I mean, this is just the way it is. So we can look at Jacob and go, "How dare you like one more than the other and And then mm-hmm. we, if we really are serious about our own lives, we have some repentance to do about we don't love the same, but you because each of our kids are different, but you know we're gonna fail in this, and so we we see that as well, so i I am fully. I I, I get Jacob's perspective. As a kid, I probably would have thought, oh, I get the brother's perspective because I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. But, you know, my sister was favorited or more favorite or whatever it might be. We can have (laughs) these perceptions, but it's definitely very real for our lives. So when we read this, I think that's one of the reasons why the Joseph account is very relatable to people. It's because we get it. We get it. If you have a sibling, you understand the dynamics that are there. Pastor, anything else you want to share about that before we get to the dreams? Because that, that's a yeah. well, that's a major part yeah. of this.
1: So um, you know, it's interesting this bad report. Where does this come from? Uh it one possibility is is that uh as as we hear that they are they're, they're shepherding kind of again over by by Shechem that uh uh Jacob probably sent Joseph over there to see if everything's going okay because you know a couple of chapters ago Simeon and Levi uh, pull a fast one and and really really as 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 Jacob puts it, you've made a stink of my name. Right.
0: Oh, right. That wasn't. Okay. You're right. That was in Shechem. Yeah. So that's fresh on the mind. Uh, Pastor, remind us where that is. This is what page or what chapter is that? I'm trying to remember. That's, oh, oh, sorry. That's, that's chapter 34. 34. I'm sorry. Yes. Chapter 34 which was uh uh Pastor Keith Weiss was on with us last time. And and we kind of agreed, and I'd like to hear your thoughts too here, Pastor. This happens in Shechem. Is uh uh this is Shechem. Is this is I think the most sinful chapter in all of scripture. What are your thoughts? That was our thought.
1: It's 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 it certainly lays out and there's many there's I think that there's several chapters that lay out sinful intentions and i we're we're gonna we're going to see that really genesis 37 is also a revisiting of cain and abel
0: oh that's true that's a good point murder so right and so you you have all these family dynamics okay here it is we're in shechem okay there's there's a little bit of a history of sinfulness among the brothers already which we all can look in the mirror and say well there's a history here Mm. as well Pastor, yeah. anything else? Um I yeah, wanna to get to the, the dreams, but I, I go I go too quick to the dreams. What do you have for us? Anything else? Oh oh
1: yeah. You know, the bad report too is um uh the Hebrew there isn't necessarily um saying that they were engaged in some type of external sinful activity, again murdering all the all of the males after three days. Hmm. Uh Post getting a circumcision, but it's it's it it seems like it lends more to the line that there is already grumbling and turmoil and dissent within the sons of Jacob toward Jacob. And so Joseph, as a as a seventeen year old, is also interesting because probably he would be married by now, but he's 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 clearly not, uh, and. And he also doesn't have any children, but uh wants to do it seems as and 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 Luther speaks of of it this way a righteous thing and being just and righteous and sharing not not necessarily cattle and going back and 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 smearing uh his brother's names even more to garner even more love from Jacob, but that Jacob as really the head of the whole house is is the judge and should be aware of this and should know what's going on amongst his sons
0: so pastor we get to verse five we to this point it's it it feels like just a normal family relationship you know uh Mm -hmm. when i was in high school it was right when I was in high school, it was my sister got the CD player before I did. So therefore, I'm just kind of jealous, you know, and that goes, I mean, it dates me a little bit, right? That big CD player that you get in your room and holds like five CDs and is bigger than a TV nowadays. But anyways, uh, you feel this is a jealousy. But then Joseph has a dream. He has two dreams. Can you break those down for mm-hmm.
1: us? Yes. So when we look at the first dream, we see there are binding sheaves in the field and his sheaf is standing upright and the sheaves that his brothers have gathered are bowed down to my sheaf are bowed down to his sheaf and um it's interesting commentators say that this is the very first non theophany dream you know like Jacob's dream of angels going up and down the ladder at Bethel. Uh, but here, it, it it doesn't say that this is a dream from God or not. And mm. also, it's one that is, is again, left without interpretation, or, or Joseph doesn't interpret it. Um, and that could be because it's self-explanatory. We hear right away, are, are you indeed to reign over us? Or to be master over over us, and we know when we jump further down Genesis that indeed the answer is yes. indeed that's what happens and it happens really by their by the beginning actions of his brothers right
0: here in genesis thirty seven And that is and a then, fascinating. Oh, oh, go ahead, keep going.
1: Oh yeah, no, no. And then, and then the second dream is the sun, the moon, the eleven stars. Of course, the the two greater there, um, you know, referencing Jacob. And and now it kind of seems like, you know, maybe Joseph has returned. His brothers have returned because now his father is there. Or maybe after hearing the bad report, Joseph and his father go out and meet and meet them in Dothan. Uh, But his father rebukes him and, and says the same thing. Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And that's also interesting because, you know, do these dreams happen before Joseph's mother dies? I mean, Rachel, Rachel, dies in childbirth with with benjamin uh and that's recorded before this chapter or or is leah somehow a pseudo pseudo stepmother now to joseph in that is is interesting but nonetheless even his father so he has his brothers question him and now even his father's question this this authority but it says, uh, it says, but his father kept the saying in mind. And Luther talks about how that's almost in line with Mary treasured all up all these things and pondered them in her heart. So almost kind of like, you know, a question of authority, but you know, will this be so or how will this be so if it does come to pass?
0: and pastor so it is a,
1: a little bit of an estrangement of of brothers and then maybe even parent here
0: right oh my goodness and see pastor it is it is really interesting to read this once again so you have you already have the the strained relationships which i think we can all relate with that joseph is a dreamer Right. I mean, literally a dreamer. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a lot of times if you have, uh, for example, the brothers who are working in the field and they're working all day and they come home and the dreamer is telling his dreams, you're already not that excited. It's much like, you know, if a farmer sits down with a philosophy major and after a while it's like, listen, I need to go. I need to go farm. Like I can't sit here and talk about the world. I need to farm, you know, that kind of thing. So you already have those tensions that are there. And then it, it is interesting, like you said, there's no theophany. There's no interpretation, but yet they get it instantly about what these dreams are about, which is kind of counter what later on, Joseph, you know, what his, his what he's good at. I mean, this, it's an interesting that he has a dream, but he doesn't interpret it, but they already, already know what it's all about. Any thoughts on that? I found that interesting. Very fascinating.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, The their response to that dream is they hated him, and that that hate there's, you know, they're already fed up and disgusted with with Jacob's love, uh, and now you know, now it's like this is the the one thread other than you know we share a father, now is is severed, and 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 cut. It's it's amazing how, you know, again, they need to take the log out of their eye, but really their 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 sorrow or their father sin against them for favoritism causes another sin and in and, and hatred and and again shifting towards that murder. Right? I, I take that they they hated him as 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 well, as I like to teach the murder mountain when we talk about about the fifth commandment that when we don't address sins, what happens is those those sins begin to pile up until it's a mountain. And once you've hit that peak of whatever your tolerance is, you murder. And oftentimes that is not a physical murder, though it does happen with, like, for example, with Cain. And as we're going to see here later on, the intentions of his brothers when they when they seize him. Uh, but that can be an emotional murder hmm. where, you know, I wouldn't help that person even if, even if they were in their most desperate hour type of hatred. You know, if I see that person... Uh, in need. My, my, my sinful mind would, would, would smile and almost rejoice in their suffering.
0: Pastor, as we look at this one, one other verse that really struck me was in my vision of this story, both dreams. It was the brother's, Who were upset, and 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 that's my fault. I should have read the text clear. But as you mentioned before, but when he told it to, this is verse ten. When he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, "What is this dream you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you?" that we often kind of see this aloof. We almost view Jacob as an aloof father in this situation as if he's kind of walking like, you know, maybe, maybe these dreams are good, but there, he definitely is rebuking. Yes, he does, you know, ponder these things. Like you said, like Mary did, but it's not like he's sitting by and saying, well, that might be true. There's definitely, he's kind of calling him to task as well. Any thoughts on that? We have about a minute before our break.
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, again, Jacob is the patriarch. He is he is the leader. Wherever Jacob goes, his his whole family, all of his sons will go, all of his daughters will go, all of his flocks will go. Um, I am kind of I am kind of shocked though, in a sense, for that that Jacob is has been almost kind of setting Jacob uh, Joseph up as the successor you know he right. gives him a a colorful robe almost like a priestly robe that uh, almost kind of in that metaphorical sense of when 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 i you know go and dwell with my fathers you're going to take over so i think that there's in a sense that's where that's where later it says what what happens The verse eleven is telling his brothers were jealous of him, again adding more of that hatred, jealousy, envy, and and in their hearts, kind of hardening their hearts towards him, we hear that Jacob kept the saying in mind. Again, kind of like, you know, I'm the authority right now. You know, Mind me, honor me, but hmm, he had a dream. And Jacob certainly is, is, is familiar with having dreams. I wonder what this will mean for maybe more likely for the family after I'm gone.
0: Well as we look at this it's, it it gets better and better throughout this story of this excuse me, this account from Genesis chapter 37 but we need to take our break. We are studying Genesis 37 with Pastor Joseph Barlow and we will be right back. We are studying Genesis chapter 37 with Pastor Joseph Barlow of Faith Lutheran Church in Abilene, Kansas. And Pastor, to this point, we've gotten to the point, uh, excuse me, I said that twice, is the brothers are jealous. His dreams clearly did not help. Even they hated him for it. But his father pondered this, which is interesting because we as fathers, for you our listeners, even there's people, certain people that they'll say something. You're like, Oh boy, no, that's interesting. Um, That's Minnesota language for, I don't get it. Uh, When you say interesting, Mm -hmm. we don't understand what you're saying. uh, I don't understand the scenario. And so he pondered this and that must've stuck with him all the way to the point when he saw Joseph again, later on at the end of his life. And so pastor, we are going to move on because it gets better and better, but any last thoughts on those first 11 verses, especially the pondering of the father?
1: yes um here it, it it it's almost like the setting of of a the beginnings of a really great movie where we 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 can relate uh you know people can relate to the brothers they can relate to joseph they can relate to the father and now we have this problem and we, we are, the brothers have this problem. We have a, this, this master dreamer, and we are going to get rid of him. And, and our following verses here are going to reveal how they're going to do that.
0: Well, let's dig in as you say that, Pastor. We are at verse 12. Uh, we Keep running to the rest of the story. Verse 12. Now his brothers went to pasture their father's flock near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers pasturing the flock at Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. And he said to him, Here I am. So he said to him, Go now. See if it is well with your brothers and with the flock and bring me word. So he sent him to the valley of the Hebron and he came to Shechem. And a man found him wandering in the fields. And the man asked him, What are you seeking? I'm seeking my brothers, he said. Tell me, please, where are they pasturing the flock? And the man said, They have gone away, for I have heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. Pastor, this is, to me, this is one of the more fascinating and, well, not more strange. There's a strange moment here. But Joseph isn't with his brothers. I mean, we know he has dreams, but, he must have been favored that he didn't have to go work in the fields, which probably would not help the relationships either. And there's a man that shows up. How would you how would you break this down? There's quite a bit here, more than at first first sight. Twelve through seventeen.
1: Yeah. Uh I I, I really like how you picked up on well, maybe he doesn't have to work every day. That would certainly breed resentment <laughs> even more. Or maybe uh twelve brothers. Are at the point of, oh, we don't need Joseph to go with us. We'll be just fine. Plus, you know, he's your beloved, cherished son. You know, if something were to happen to him, that would be, you know, awful. And, and, and so again, Jacob's in this predicament of, Shechem, you know, you know, heaven forbid nothing would happen to them. Again, because of Simeon and Levi's wicked actions, but also the flocks. So now I will send my son, uh, Joseph, mm. and he will mm. go and check in on them and see how things are going. Uh, this almost has uh, the affinity of, uh, again, loose connections, but I think of Jesus' parable of the, yeah. the workers in the vineyard and the father sending his son, the heir. You know, and uh, we're 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 going to see that they uh, later on here. See, here he comes. Let us conspire to kill him. Is, uh, is verse is kind of verse 18 uh, a little bit here? Uh, but a man found him wandering, points him in the right direction. Dothan, Dothan is where his brothers are, and he found them.
0: That is a, a great perspective, because as boy the, the, I was, when you started speaking, the parable really connects us and and I know the next few chapters and throughout the rest of Genesis I mean the christ uh, the Christ connections are everywhere so here's the son um, being sent away, maybe they'll respect my son, they'll respect my son, you know uh you could easily see it in other ways, but it's the same reality of that parable of Jesus and and they they get sent. And then there's this man, and I, I've heard quite a few different realities to this. I think the simplistic answer is, whatever reason Moses, the, by the power of the Holy Spirit, included this man to help Joseph find his way. But is there any other connections you made? I, you know, I, I never quite figured out how to connect that to anything. Or is there any? Yeah,
1: I, uh, yeah, just almost. You know, here's here's facts of how he found him in Dothan. When they weren't in Shechem, um, yeah, just you know, giving giving that additional information of of uh, you know, and it's interesting. Instead of uh, instead of who, it's a, what are you seeking? Mm. You know, what are you seeking? And also that uh, going back, Joseph, you know, in a way maybe not necessarily a master like Jacob is, but certainly tying to that parable an authority figure, right? He goes, he, he is, he is kind of Jacob's emissary, you know, Jacob's Jacob's, you know, he's, he's acting on the authority of Jacob to go and check to see how his brothers are, are and probably also important in this, you know, on a very basic level, how they're taking care of the flocks. And so he will be giving a report back to Jacob regarding that.
0: And who likes that, right? I mean, if the if this brother yeah. with his nice robe on is walking towards you and, and is coming in the name of your father, you're not exactly the most well-liked in the family at the time because if he doesn't give a really good report... Which he might not, because you know he's the most beloved, and he might actually be honest. Then, um, then everything else is not going to be well appreciated. I, I really don't know. A lot of times, thinking through the story it's hard. I have a hard time filtering it in a way that is really helpful because I find myself sympathizing with the brothers, and then I find myself sympathizing with Jacob, and then I find myself sympathizing with Joseph. Yeah. And you, 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 over and over, you're, you're not exactly who. To know, because I, I, I like the Joseph part, like, oh, wow, you know, what they want to do for evil, God did for good. But then I understand the brother's perspective and the struggles of the father. I mean, I relate with all of them, which once again shows us how realistic the book of Genesis is. Any any thoughts about relatability with all three of those different you, people?
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you can, like like you said, Pastor, you can, at different points, you can you can relate to both sides. Um and you can also i think that relatability is is taking that and applying it to your own family family unit your own your own extended family who's 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 the joseph who's who's the beloved child who's you know the parent that's caught in between the turmoil uh between children it's 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 messy it's real it happens. And the I think the greater question is is, when it does happen, how do you approach that conflict? And that's where I think that's here's the law. We see ourselves in in every one of those situations, but how can we bring Christ into Christ into this? Well, we can bring in his forgiveness and mercy we can bring in confession and absolution which is something certainly Jacob his sons and Joseph his beloved son really need because as as um god spoke with Cain why is your face so downcast be careful sin is lurking at the door <laughs> and and Cain Cain thought he could master be the master over sin and he certainly was not and maybe Joseph's brothers and even Joseph himself thought that their mastery over sin would protect them but it it, it certainly did not
0: and that's why and this is so important for us that this is why you know, we have the gospel because jealousy so quickly enters our hearts. I mean, it just, it comes out of nowhere. I mean, during our study of God's word, how how jealous we can become. You're in a Bible study and, and Joe Schmoe over there, he just knows his Bible or, you know, Aunt Millie. Uh, she just, you know, she has the right answers at the right time. And then and someone says something about, you know, I had this rough spot and now the Lord has changed me. And you think, well, how come I'm not changed? And and you go down this jealousy road and it just leads to so many more sins. And it's, we yeah. we understand it. We understand it in this story. We understand the jealousy and the gospel is what has conquered sin. But we think that we can conquer sin. I have control over this sin. And the only one who has control over that sin is the Lord Himself. So it's probably good to go to Him. Your thoughts?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, I think, in part, the brothers, uh, ultimately, it's a breakdown of the first commandment to fear, love, and trust in God above all things. You know, what do the brothers fear? you know is 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 part of their jealousy um that they've really made Jacob their their god and want to be in 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 better favor or equal favor and the 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 beauty or the other additional gospel here is, is that god shows no favoritism nor he shows equal favoritism across the board. His great love is the same for every person. His love is unconditional. It's not earned or gained. And, and even by our sinfulness and our sinful actions, uh, we don't lose the love of God. It remains immutable, unchangeable.
0: So let's keep moving forward here, Pastor, because with that love of God on on our lips and in our ears, we are reminded of what this means from here. So let's continue verse 18. They saw him from afar. The brothers saw Joseph. And after, and before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. They said to one another, here comes this dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we will say what the fierce animal has devoured him, and that we will see, we, we, excuse me, And we will see what will become of his dreams. But when Reuben heard it, he rescued him out of their hands, saying, Let us not take his life. And Reuben said to them, Shed no blood. Throw him into the pit here in the wilderness, but do not lay a hand on him, that he might rescue him out of their hand to restore him to the Father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the robe of many colors that he wore. And they took him and threw him into a pit. The pit was empty. And there was no water in it. I'm going to stop there. So, I mean, we understand the jealousy. We understand like, oh, here comes a dreamer. But boom, they go all out. They're ready to kill the guy. And if it wasn't for Ruben, they might have done it. I mean, it's just crazy story. Any thoughts on how quickly this ran out of control?
1: Yeah, it's, again, hatred, jealousy, animosity, Let's get rid of him. And then we don't have to, we don't have to, you know, you know, I guess I imagine in, in, in when somebody actually physically takes another person's life again, in the way that many emotionally kill people is we cannot, we can no longer stand the sight of him we don't want to hear his voice we do not want to see the extra love that the father gives him enough is enough and we're going to take it into our own hands instead of showing sin offering offering the opportunity of repentance confession and absolution are the bedrock of erasing the ledger and, and, and achieving reconciliation. And when there's, when there's none of that, there's, there's, it's, it's a no holds bar. It's, it's, it's going to come to blows. And here we
0: are. So we're a little bit short, short on time. We have about 10 minutes left in our time. So I'm going to keep moving along in the text, but what pastor just said so beautifully is it's just running out of control and there's no repentance. And then clearly, No forgiveness. And, well, there's a lot of it that's needed to pass around the Israelites at this point. So, verse 25. Then they sat down to eat. (laughs) Isn't that great? Oh, I threw my brother down. Let's let's, let's grab a bite. We're good. Um, And looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead, and with their camels bearing gum, balm, and myrrh, and on their way to carry it down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and let not our hand be upon him for he is our brother and our own flesh. And his brothers listened to him. Then Midianite traders passed by and they drew Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and they sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. They took Joseph to Egypt. So we're going to murder him. Well, no, we'll just throw him into a cistern. They sit down, they grab a bite to eat, and they come up with another plan. Break the break this down. Uh, wh- what's going on for the brothers here?
1: Well, you know, Reuben's the oldest. He he also has a sinful history. Uh, probably is the one that is going to be the most accountable for if 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 the brothers kill Joseph, he's going to be the most accountable to to Jacob. Uh, and then it almost seems, and, and we're going to see as as you continue on here that that Reuben is not in the picture when when Judah says, "Hey, let's sell him to that Ishmaelite caravan there," and mm-hmm. you know that's that's less than murder, and we and we uh, we put him kind of in a a metaphorical pit, right? He'll be a slave. He'll be a master of no one. And so we look and, at
0: this. And then oh, keep going.
1: And then and then and then you know twenty shekels of silver. That that was the common price in that day. Again, that you know I I I see that any payment of silver and immediately jump to Judas betraying Jesus for thirty shekels, mm-hmm.
0: thirty pieces. to see those connections is, is so strong because we can ask the question about what's the value of those shekels. You know, what was it like for Judas? What was it like for these brothers? But it really doesn't matter because it goes back to what you said towards the beginning is it's an idol- idolatry issue is okay. Well, it's not right to kill, but we can sell because at least I'll get something out of it. And And we have to ask that question is it might be not be 20 shekels might not be 30 shekels, but what would the price be? What would cause us to do this sin, whatever sin that would be? What would, what would cause us to do something against our sibling? What would, you know, whatever price say we have, boom, there is your idol. And it just, this, this chapter usually I just see as a nice story, but boy, it's kind of nailing me to the ground right now, as far as my sin, my own need for repentance and my need to trust the Lord. Once again, pastor, we we have about eight minutes left. Any quick thoughts before we finish off our reading?
1: Uh, exactly, you get to the heart of the matter there is that sin will breed more sin. It, It is, it's like, it's a deathly illness and a plague and the only cure for it is, is, is Christ and faith in him and trusting in him and examining one's life and one's actions, repenting and fleeing from the, 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 Half-hearted, uh, rose-colored glasses that we put on 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 the moves that we make, and trusting in God. You know, if I, I wonder how it would have gone if the brothers just had that fear and trust, not in, not in Jacob, but in God, and saying, you know, God, it, it, the the covenant runs through us, and. Um, the, beautiful, the beautiful restoration process where there is reconciliation between Joseph and his brothers, of course, later on in, 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 in Genesis, serve almost as the capstones of, of the account of Joseph.
0: Let's keep moving forward. I love how you wrap that together for us as we look at the rest of Genesis 37. When Reuben heard, returned, excuse me, to the pit... And saw that Joseph was not in the pit, he tore his clothes and returned to his brothers and said, The boy is gone, and I, where shall I go? Then they took Joseph's robe and slaughtered a goat and dipped the robe in the blood. And they sent the robe of many colors and brought it to their father and said, This we have found. Please identify whether it is your son's robe or not. And he identified it and said, It is my son's robe. A fierce animal has devoured him. Joseph Joseph is without doubt torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his garments and put sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and his daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted and said, No, I shall go down to Sheol to my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard. Well, Reuben, you know, Reuben comes back. And the amount of guilt he must have felt, let alone the, the the continued sins, the lies that they share, the shedding of blood that is there. I mean, it just like you said, it just keeps going and going. Sin one sin leads to the next sin, next to the next sin, and then the next sin, almost worse every single time. Your last thoughts as we close out our text?
1: Yeah, uh, Ruben's Ruben's question: Where shall I go? Leads almost to two different directions. Where shall I go to find him? You know, where 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 did you where did you put him that I may that I may that I may get him, or you know shall shall I have to go to my father, our father, and and explain what has happened, and it surely a, a son, but maybe not all of them. You know, they sent, it says they sent the robe of many colors with who or with the, with now the youngest amongst them or one of them that needed to go back for a particular reason and says, please identify whether it is your son's robe or not. Oh, they know. And they know Jacob will know. Again, this, you know, this deceit, the, the deceiver is is now being deceived, right? Jacob, Jacob deceiving and and getting the birthright from Isaac, and now is being deceived by his own children over the whereabouts of of his his beloved son. And uh, the the tough breaks come again to Jacob, and he's Reuben just tears his clothes. But Jacob tears his, his, his garments, puts sackcloth, and, and mourns. And mourns so much that he says that he is going to mourn even in the afterlife. Even in death, he will be mourning the loss of Joseph.
0: The, the fascinating part throughout Scripture is how people grieve or mourn, um, lament, that, that they did not hide it. You have Reuben who's like, what do I do? I mean, what do I do with this? I don't know what to do, uh, this grief. And now I'm, what am I going to say to my father? And then Jacob, he just grieves and he grieves. And then the story. So first of all, that's my reminder to you, our listeners, is to grieve, uh, to lament. It's okay to lament. You can be angry at God. You can ask questions about what is he up to? Why is this happening? And we as Christian people need to allow other people to grieve in their needs and in their time of despair. And at the same time, one thing that almost makes me grieve, if I didn't know the rest of the story, after it says his father wept for him, it was Joseph who was with the Midianites. Okay, So there's kind of a feeling of, okay, they could kind of trace him back. Okay, we can find him now. But then he gets sold again in Egypt, a place that they would not necessarily just end up at, so that the opportunity of them ever finding each other is very slim, according to worldly language pastor we have about a minute and a half yes. left in our time how do you want to summarize this any last thoughts you have and well, encourage our listeners well,
1: one last one last thought is you know again going back to this question is is this your son's robe or not almost kind of in that in that in that cane way of saying am i not I, am i my brother's keeper Kind of almost distancing themselves from the scenario like they happenstance across that um again just just the deception and 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 how really how some some small sins you know when we think about you know again, even in our own family. Uh, relationships in our own family circles about, I mean, really uh, their, their anger over Jacob um, loving, uh, seeming to love Joseph more than them uh, that, that unresolved sin has festered and exploded over many different you know that has made that mountain of sin of lying and deceit and hating to the point of murdering and then you know we could also argue that you know they 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 murdered him by by selling him into slavery his life will be is of of little value and and they don't care also whether or not what the impact of that will be for their own father again Reuben seems like Reuben cares but I think in the in the vein of of Maintaining some type of uh, love and respect from his father as being the oldest. So small sins breed and grow larger sins. When we don't address them, we don't apply the grace that is first offered to me through God. First. Make way. It, they should, they clearly show us that all things are possible with unresolved sin. And Paul uses that when he talks about, you know, the things that were written in the past really aren't written for us to be proud hearted and to say, Oh, look at them. Look at how little they are. Look at how pitiful they're written for our learning for our benefit because we are them
0: they're Pastor Joseph, yeah pa- Pastor Joseph Barlow of Faith Lutheran Church in Abilene Kansas giving us God's strong, strong word from Genesis 37 Pastor Barlow thank you for bringing us his gifts
1: yes God be with you
0: I'm your host Brady Finner thank you for joining us and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hand